would like to again welcome our internet audience with us in this service today and ask you as we prepare to speak, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter number 12, verses 18 through 21. Romans, book of Romans, great book, great doctrinal book in the New Testament. Romans 12, verses 18 through 21. If it be possible, seems like the implication there is going to be times when it seems like it's impossible. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemies hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Chosen as a text to be found in verse number 19, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, it's preceded by these words, For it is written. Did you notice that in your scripture? For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. That means that you find it another place in the Bible. It's already been written one time. Now it's being written a second time. Where do you suppose it was written the first time? You need not turn to it, but I want you to listen to it. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 35. The Bible says, and God himself is speaking in that reference. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand. And the things that come upon them shall make Haste, And then you bounce from that to the text in Romans twelve nineteen. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. I want you to pray for me this morning especially. I've chosen a subject, time for payback. Time for payback. Paul is reminding the believers at Rome not to go around trying to get rid of their enemies or to exercise vengeance on their enemies. Instead, they were to try to live peaceably with all men. 
They were to remember the God of the Bible is an avenging God who will repay those who sin against Him. I think all of us from time to time have violated the instruction of that passage. How easy is it for us to say, no, God, vengeance doesn't belong to you, it belongs to me. And I'm going to take care of it, and I'll take care of my enemies. No, God said you don't do that. Try to live peaceably. Try to live, instead of going around tearing down somebody else because they've mistreated you, And there are going to be some people to mistreat you. You might as well get ready for it. Instead of you serving vengeance on them, back off. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Our text is not ambiguous. It clearly means what it says. Vengeance is mine. I will repay saith the Lord. And again, the subject, time for payback. Time for payback. Give me a few minutes to define and illustrate the term payback. It means to repay and speak of reckoning. Mr. Webster says that reckoning is the settlement of an account as in the settlement of a bill. You go down to the car lot, and you see an automobile you like, and you like it so much you want to purchase it and make it your automobile. And in talking with the sales representative, he has a high-class pitch. He said, listen, you don't have to pay anything down. You just go ahead, it's your automobile, and uh, you drive it for a little while, and... uh, Uh, In a few days, uh, you begin to pay on it then. Well, you like it so much after you start driving it, you don't want to pay for it. And so you refuse to pay for it. Well, whenever you cross that line, you can expect there's a payback coming. Either the dealer's going to knock on your door, or the police are going to knock on your door to serve payback because you mistreated the representative down at the car lot. A time for payback. Israel, and this is an illustration of that payback, crossed over into Canaan, and God was very careful to remind them of two things they were to watch out for. He said, when you get into Canaan, watch out for intermarriage. No intermarriage. And second of all, watch out for idolatry because if you're not careful, you'll pick up up the habits of the people. Well, they were not in Canaan long until they started doing the very things that God said don't do. And it wasn't long until they were intermarrying and practicing idolatry. And God in His graciousness put up with that for a little while. But then it came time for payback. And God allowed a wicked country by the name of Babylon to come into Jerusalem and to destroy the house of God and to destroy the city and to take the people from their homeland 
hundreds of miles away into Babylonian captivity and they were to remain there for 70 long years. Now, isn't it great that God who is a God of payback is also a God of forgiveness? And he allowed the people to go back to the land. But i tell you one thing, they didn't intermarry anymore. And number two, they gave up idolatry because God had issued a payback on them. Something to think about. I've never seen our nation, and I am an American, and I was born in this country, and I love my country, but I've never seen our nation faced with such trouble and such danger on every hand as we're facing today. And I fear, and I'm not a prophet in this sense, but I fear, my dear friends, that we as a nation are facing a time of payback. The Lord has finally said, if that's what you want, honey, that's exactly what you're going to get. You know, when God rained down manna from heaven, the people crabbed and griped about it because they didn't have any McDonald's hamburgers to go with it. And God put up with that gripe for just a little while, and he said, I'm going to give you so much manna, it'll come out your nose. Payback. Don't ever get the idea that God is 100% love in the matter of excluding all of his other attributes. Folks, there's some people you don't push. And don't go around trying to shove God. He's a God of payback. He's a God of payback. You say, Brother Cozart, do you really believe that we're living in that time? I do with all my... I've never seen it like this before. I have never in... I've seen other countries, but I've never seen a country like America and what we're going through today and expected to swallow it hook, line, and sinker. And our precious children and our grandchildren are going to have to pay that debt until the day they die. Now, I don't expect this to be a real easy listening sermon. It's not an easy preaching sermon. We have a president with no backbone. Now, don't get quiet. Because when I'm through, you're going to be quiet and you've ever been in a long time. We have a Congress with no brains. We have a law with no enforcement. We have a church with no truth. We have a home with no authority. We have a nation with no direction. We have a school system with no students. We have human beings with no identity. They don't even know who a man is or a woman is anymore. We have a border policy which is stupid. A morality with no conviction. And aborted babies with no rights. We have a national flag that is being desecrated. A national anthem that's being replaced. 
a constitution that's being ignored and a democracy that's being traded for communism. You say, well, you don't believe that. Well, you ought to believe it because it's true. Now, if I were representing ABC or NBC, I expect you not to believe it. But I'm telling you, my dear friends, we're in real trouble with God Almighty today. We could be facing God's payback. The direction of payback. When God decides to execute payback, in what direction does that go? Number one, sometimes payback is directed to an individual. And there's so many thousands and thousands and thousands of individuals in the world, but God sometimes singles out one individual out of the earth's population to execute payback on. Nebuchadnezzar is a good example of that. In the book of Daniel chapter number 4, verses 28 through 33. Daniel chapter 4, verses 28 through uh, 33. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. Now let me remind you that King Nebuchadnezzar was not a peon. He was one of the greatest Babylonian kings that God ever sent their way. And he had accomplished many battles and did many great and wonderful things. And the people were glad that Nebuchadnezzar was their leader. At the end of 12 months, Nebuchadnezzar walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built? For the house of my kingdom, and by the might of my power, and for the honor of my majesty. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. Here it comes. There fell a voice from heaven, saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from you, but you just lost your job. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled from upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men, He did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till the hairs were grown out like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. God executed payback on an individual basis. Didn't do that with everybody. He did it with no, you don't read of anybody else who ever experienced anything like that. But God did it to Nebuchadnezzar. Sometimes payback is directed to the individual. Sometimes it is directed to a city. The Lord God will pick out a city in a country and isolate that city to exercise and to execute payback on that city. 
A good example of that is Sodom and Gomorrah, if you know your Bible. And you read about it, and I can't read all the verses, but it really intensifies this in Genesis 18 and Genesis 19. God sent two angels down to Sodom and Gomorrah to see and to determine if the wickedness of the people of Sodom were as bad as he had heard some of the people who lived there praying to him and telling him how bad it was. And when those two angels got down there, they were taken into Lot's house. And uh, let me just read the scripture God says, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. Now, all sin is not alike. And all sin does not carry the same consequence. Whatever Sodom was doing, God said, it's very wicked. Not just a little bit wicked, not a little bit shady. Not a little bit that people can kind of joke about it. No, it's very wicked. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. What do you suppose infuriated the Lord so much? The men of Sodom tried to rape two angels. You read it in your Bible. And if you tear it out of your Bible, you'll stand before God one day as an unbeliever. It's scripture. They tried. The men of the city had heard about these angels coming down, and they called them men. And it was the men, the scripture makes this clear, it was the men of the city, not the women, but the men of the city, went over to Lot's house, and they said, bring out the men that we may know them. Intimately know them. Now, Lot tried to make heterosexuals out of them. He said, I've got two daughters in my house, and they're beautiful ladies, beautiful women. I'll just bring them out to you. You do what you want to with them. They couldn't do that because something was screwed up in their brains. Men in Sodom did not want other men as such or did not want angels of course and tried to even break the door down but it was the idea of sodomy not heterosexuality but homosexuality good book for you to read really a good book for you to read is the dictionary look it up See how we've come to use that term and that word. Sometimes God's payback 
is directed to a city. He destroyed it. And do you know that city today is at the bottom of the Dead Sea. It does not even exist. Sometimes God's payback payback is directed to a nation. Not just to an individual. Not just to a city in a country or a nation. But to a nation as a whole. He did that with Mr. Pharaoh and Egypt, one of the great nations in the past of world history. And Moses was called upon to go and tell Pharaoh to turn God's people loose. They had been there for 200 years, imprisoned, and they were treated inhumanly. And they would cried out to God for deliverance. And Moses went to Pharaoh and said, You need to let the people go. And Pharaoh said, uh, why authority? What authority do you have for that? Well, God, well, who is God? I don't believe I've ever met him. He did before it was over with. I repeat, he did before it was over with. God sent the disease of blood, of frogs, of lice, of flies, He sent the disease of cattle and boils and hail and locusts and darkness and the death of the firstborn. Before Pharaoh consented, God served payback on him. And Pharaoh would wind up in the bottom of the Red Sea and the Egyptians died by the thousands and not one judgment was leveled against God's people. Not one. God's payback. Sometimes it's directed toward a nation. Sometimes it is directed against the whole world. Not just a person in the world or a city in the world or a nation of the world, but the whole world. God sometimes directs payback. In Genesis chapter number 6, verses 5 through 7, the story of Noah and the flood Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. God saw, what did God see? God saw that the wickedness of man was great. Where was it great? In the earth. And that every imagination and the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things, the fowls of the air, for he repenteth me that I have made them. And in verse 17, Behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life, from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Payback. Huh? Payback. And apart from Noah, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and the members of his family who were tucked away in the safety of the ark, every human being died because of God's payback. What infuriated the Lord? Every imagination of their heart was only evil continually. 
I need to quickly move on. I'm not through with this first point. Let me add this one. Sometimes God's judgment, sometimes God's payback is directed to the church. You say, well, now that's a little out of character, don't you think? I don't know about out of character, but it's so. Sometimes God's payback is directed to the church. You don't need to turn to it, but you'd be wise to jot this reference down and read it over and over again. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. The time has come when judgment, when payback is needed at the house of the Lord. Well, Brother Kozar, when did that ever happen? Well, I'll tell you. There's having church one Sunday morning down there in Jerusalem and something very unusual happened. God killed two members of the church during 11 o'clock worship service. Ananias and Sapphira. He was dealing with the church. And there was an impurity in the church. And God dealt with it by taking the life of two prominent members of that church. If that's not a good enough example, what about the church at Laodicea? There are seven churches in the book of Revelation. Laodicea is spoken of in Revelation 3 verses 16 through 19. God says, so then, and speaking to the church now, not to the gin mills and not to the playpens and things of the world, but he's speaking to the church in Laodicea. He says unto them, I know thy works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. The Greek word translated spew is vomit. God just spit them up and spit them out. You say, God's like that. You better believe God's like that. It's the God of the Bible that Oprah Winfrey did not like. She will one day. Because thou sayest I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. We could go on and on with the different directions of God's payback. Number two, and I don't say this lightly, America could be in the path of God's payback. America could be in the path of God's payback. Pray for me, please. We have a completely incompetent president. And if you have not seen him, you need to watch a little television. It is so sickening and so sad that it's happening to the 
man who holds the highest office in the land, the President of the United States. When he took office, and I'm not going to say about how he was elected. We can talk about that some other time. But he was elected President of the United States. He was determined to undo everything that the former President Donald Trump ever did. Now, this isn't a political rally. Let it go in one ear and out the other, but I'll say it or bust. Donald Trump, as far as achievements are concerned, is the greatest president this world has ever known. We've never known the accomplishments of any former president to be able to do and to accomplish what Donald Trump did. And the first thing that Mr. Biden did was to get his pen out and scratch through every single accomplishment of the former president. So that's gone. And among those first things was canceling out and destroying a pipeline operation that resulted in thousands and thousands of people without jobs. And it made a dent, and it's going to make even a greater dent, depending on where we get our energy from. Our present president doesn't even know who the president is. On numerous occasions, he's referred to the vice president as the president of the... Folk, I'm not making this up. You say, well, you're just being hard. You don't know what hard is. Mr. Biden is a globalist. By that, I mean he's not a nationalist. He's not for the United States of America. He's for the whole world. And he wants the whole world to believe the same thing. And he is called, and he admitted he is a socialist. Now, go back to Mr. Webster. Buy a dictionary. Look up socialism. Look up communism. Not a dime's worth of difference. I, I hope you see this. He cannot tell the truth. You said, Brother Cozart, I don't think you should do this. I'm not preaching for you. God Almighty, he's told me a part about this message. I'm seeing things that's so disheartening, ladies and gentlemen. My hope is in the Lord, and I know there's hope to be found in Christ. But I tell you, if we as a people don't wake up and realize what's happening to our nation... And get right with God and trust God to send revival. I don't know what the answer is. He is a president that refuses to be questioned. No news conferences. Can't handle them. He is a president who is intent on destroying the boundaries of our nation. You say, well, I think he's got a good idea. No, you don't. If you live in a home, you're surrounded with boundaries. They're called walls. I've never known of a home where people live that didn't have walls and didn't have a door. Why do you do that? It's to keep boogers out. 
It defines where you live from where other people live. And the purpose of boundaries is to keep our country the way it ought to be. And to provide the security that we as people in America need to have. That's over with. You can forget it. Hundreds of thousands have already come into our country illegally. They just loaded up a bunch, 4,000 of them and 3,000 of them and deposited them in Dallas, Texas. When are they going to start shipping them in here? You say, well, isn't that all right? Not if they're not tested. And not if many of them do not have COVID-19 already and wherever they go, they spread it, but it doesn't make any difference. Let them in! Now that's not Dan Cozart saying that. That is our president saying that. Y'all, come on in. And they coming in, and they have not just started. You haven't seen anything yet. and the giveaway programs. We have the invasion of illegals. Many years ago, when this first started, when people began to come into this country illegally, they were called illegal aliens. You remember that? Illegal aliens. Well, we've got a group in the government that says that's not fair to call them illegal. There are undocumented workers. Why don't you stop calling a skunk a skunk? Call him something else. That he, he's got to be hurting his feelings. including thousands of parentless children to be distributed all over the nation. Oh, God help us. And if that's not bad enough, let's fire all the police officers. Every last one of them. Get rid of them! That way we can just do what we want to do and there's no penalty involved. Criminals being released from prison. I'm not talking about just they overparked at a parking meter. I'm talking about hardcore prisoners are being released from prison. And then you have immoral perversion. <clears throat> now, look, folk. My goodness. But I found this word in the dictionary. <clears throat> Certain people who believe in moral perversion are queer. Did you know that? That's what we used to call them back in North Carolina. Huh? I mean, the reason we did that because there's something wrong. Something's not right. So I'll not do that. I'm repenting of that. And I won't be, be using that term too much more. But I've noticed they've gotten certain initials in the alphabet and they just jumble them together. And I, I wrote it down fast as I could. They call them the B, C, T, J, F, Y, whatever it is. 
And you've got to figure it out all day long. Forget who they're talking about. i tell you who they're talking about. Sodomites. Lesbians. Those with alternate sexual identity. They are not sure who they are. They can't be called a mama, a woman, and a man anymore. You can't say mom and dad anymore. Oh, you're being racist when you do that. Here's a man, and he's walking down the street, and he goes by the WCA. That's Christians, women's, Christian organization. I said that on purpose, not the young men's, but the women. And he has a certain, wait a minute, I feel like, I feel like I'm a woman. I must be a woman. And they got to let him in like a woman. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in all my life. And it flies into the face of a holy and righteous God who in the Garden of Eden made man and woman. When you when you going to take a stand, folk? I mean, come on. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And the leadership of lies, the social media, on and on. And the rewriting of history called cancer, cancel culture. What does that mean? Well, it's canceling many things that we've come to accept and know by the fact that it's historically embedded in our history. But it's offensive to some, so we've got to rewrite it. I was doing fine till the outlawed good, gone with the wind. I thought that's the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Boy, that's a good one. Matter of fact, I was going to bring that. I forgot this morning. I, just, I was going to bring a, a CD of Gone with the Wind. You need to, you need to get that. That's a good movie. Can't do that anymore. Why not? It depicts the behavior of the South and the North before you and I were ever born. <clears throat> Dr. Seuss. Huh? Come on. Aesop's fables. I went into a local grocery store a few weeks ago out of need because I had a bunch of pancakes but I didn't have any syrup to go with them. And I said to one of the managers, I want a bottle of Angel Mama. He said, you can't do that anymore. I said, why can't you? It's the best syrup ever was. Angel Mama syrup. And I'm not a racist. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. I am an racist. I am. A, I want you to tell it. Brother Cozart is a racist. I am. I'm against white people who lie. Yeah, you might like it, but I don't. I want you to shoot straight with me, but don't come tell a bunch of lies to me. Is there hope for America? Yes. Yes. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 
verses 13 through 16. And I know this is written to the people of God in the Old Testament. But as you study your Bible, Old and New Testament, you find that Gentiles have been brought into the promises of God. We're a God's people also. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. Talking about the temple, the house of God. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. There was hope for Nineveh. God called Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach this message. Yet 40 days, you got 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overtaken or destroyed. Nineveh was a very wicked city, but it was a great big city, over 2 million in population. And Jonah did not want to do that. He did not want to go to Nineveh and preach to those people. Of course, God put out a a back payment on him too, did he not? The sailors took Jonah who was aboard a ship trying to get away from God and threw him overboard the ship and God prepared a, a fish to swallow Jonah. Payback. That's an individual payback right there, isn't it not? But finally, after he got out of the fish, Jonah was persuaded, you know, it might be a good idea to go to Nineveh. And he did. And when he entered the city, he said, Yet forty days and none of us shall be overthrown and destroyed. And you know what the king said? Look, folk, we got to do something. We're getting ready to be wiped off the face of the earth. We better do something. And they began to pray and they began to fast and they began to get right with God. But they didn't have any, any proof or any inkling whatsoever that God would exercise mercy. They said it may be that God will have mercy, but we've still got to get right with the Lord. And they did get right with the Lord, and they were not destroyed. Of course, it made that Baptist uh, preacher, Jonah, mad. (laughs) He'd preach a pretty good, strong hailstorm sermon, and nothing happened. And But you know what? God hears prayer. And God knows when his people mean business. And God knows when it's just a big joke. There was hope for Nineveh. God's great payback is still future. His great payback is still future. You read about it in the 24th chapter of Matthew. It's called a great tribulation period that's coming on this earth, the like of which we've never seen anything like it or ever shall see again. But I believe that God will take his people out before the tribulation breaks forth. 
And then there's the culmination of all things. And I will conclude with this. Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 13. God's payback time. Second Peter chapter number 3 verses 10 through 13. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. God is pleased when a nation exercises righteous standards and righteous living and righteous goals. I do not know and I do not predict this is going to happen with certainty. But I tell you what, dear friends, God has a payback time. And all you got to do is read your Bible. It's full of it. If you're here today without Jesus Christ, the Son of God, there never has been a time when you've come to Christ and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I need to be saved from my sins. And I want Christ, I want him to be the Lord of my life. You need to do that. That's the only hope we have. And isn't it strange? The only hope that we have is the very hope we're turning our backs on. The Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Let's stand please for prayer.